Another pre-planned witty intro ruined by a stoppage time goal against Sheffield Wednesday. Here on the Owls of Ericast, Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. And if you were wondering, uh, if they had held on to beat Cheltenham Town, I was going to do a list of everything that happened in the world in uh, February 2016, the last time Wednesday came back to one on the road. Just going to keep that one in my back pocket for 2025 or so. Just make a little mental note. Maybe send myself a Google Calendar reminder. We'll see. But it's not all bad. We do have a 3-0 win to talk about. So I was a little confused when I went to make a drink. It was typical old Wednesday on Saturday. But it was like a newfangled Wednesday on Tuesday. So... I couldn't just do an old-fashioned. I did a little bit of an old-fashioned riff. I modernized the old-fashioned. Basic sugar, bitters, whiskey. Whiskey is still redemption. Right? The sugar is still sugar. For my bitter element, I used Amaro Monte. It was a Piedmontese Amaro, similar to Fernet broadly, although it's lighter and sort of the, the minty note is more, more peppermint than menthol like you get in for net, you know, even as much as like the aloe either, and it's not as heavy and syrupy. So I just made it a very simple quarter ounce of the Amaro with two ounces of whiskey and a bit of sugar. I also could call it a riff on the Toronto cocktail if you really wanted to. And I'm like, does this need a little maraschino? Because sometimes a little maraschino helps. I took a sip. I'm like, eh, I could use a little maraschino. So I meant to put a bar spoon of maraschino in, but I, I put too much maraschino in. I don't know if that's a metaphor for... Uh, Wednesday, probably not, but it's still very drinkable. And we'll just move on. <laughs> also on the show this week, hopefully with a slightly less laborious drink intro, it's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Uh, I am uh, the Tony Poulis of old fashions compared to your uh, Carlos Cavallahal's uh, old fashions. Mine is just whiskey, uh, simple syrup, and uh, absolute, uh, a bit of sorry. If absolute was in there, it's going to be a little. Uh, no. I don't, I don't know oh, whose wow. version, which uh, English manager's version of an old fashioned that would be, but. Just a bit of uh, regular bit of uh, I'm using again as usual, uh, and as usual, it is great. Also on the line in New England, Justin DeSorker. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff. Good to see you. Uh, Barnstable Brewing Company's Blueberry Ale. I... Uh, Started the evening with a mast landing gunner's daughter milk stout. Excellent way to start it off. I had that Patty. too. That was my that was so that, delicious. That was my uh, starting drink. So delicious. So delicious. Um, my starting drink was a on. 2020 Oregon Chardonnay <laughs> that I had with dinner. Yeah, you fucking wine drinkers just get <laughs> to me. I don't. I don't. It's instant heartburn. That's all. That's all that works with me. But yeah, no, it's a good, uh, good crisp. Uh, Blueberry ale, not uh, doesn't have that fake fruit flavor. Really, just tastes more like it's kind of brewed in there. And again, love sporting the uh, the small locals. So Barnstable Brewing Company, nothing like a nice summer beer when it's November and thirty five degrees out. It's a little nicer up here. Yeah, it's a little nicer. So this very brisk this morning. Yeah, we'll we'll try to we'll try to briskly go through this episode. So far, not going great. We will review the Cheltenham and Sunderland games. Uh, is this like five unbeaten now? It's funny how six. like one, six, six unbeaten in the league. Like it's it's funny how like one win after a string of draws like <laughs> really just changes your your outlook on life. We'll do the Wednesday news. We'll preview a couple of cup matches as League One is off this week. We will start with the past week of League One fixtures. We'll start with the Cheltenham game. Patty, uh, we have very similar thumbs up, slight, slightly slight variations on a theme. You have Che Dunkley. I have specifically Che Dunkley in the air. Oh, well, I think the all of our thumbs up in this uh, agenda point uh, is literally scratching around for anything we can find that's positive out of this game because it was not a great uh, game of football, unless you are the uh, Cheltenham Town commentators who at the end of the 90 minutes said, what a terrific game of football that was. <laughs> I was like, imagine being that bad, but that game of football was classed as terrific. And these, these commentators were actually very good. I enjoyed them. They were very opinionated. They were very uh, professional. Uh, for a Cheltenham Town small club, 
uh, they were way better than some of the commentators were today. Um, but yes, yeah, I just thought it was hilarious after 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 watching that two two kind of shit show. They were like, "What a terrific game of football!" I was like, "Oh my god, what what level of football are you used to?" Because that was not. I will go to the spa. It's it's easy. Everything's <laughs> like when you immediately go to the spa afterwards. I'm sure it's oh, it's all a treat. Another great uh, quote was at the beginning of the game from those uh, those guys said. Berahino is the third most expensive player ever to play at the Johnny Rock Stadium, or certainly in the top five. I'm still mad I forgot to mention that it was called the Johnny Rock Stadium in my preview. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was is it like a biscuit of some sort, Patty? I feel like that's a biscuit. I don't even know what Johnny Rocks is. No, it's a, I want to say it's like a fancy car service thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a taxi it service. It's yeah, limo service. Yeah. 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 It's their own D taxes that actually have uh, things with four wheels. <laughs> Actual taxes. <laughs> but like their stadium was, I mean, all I could think about for most of this game was just how um, small Cheltenham Town was and how far we have fallen to the, to the, to the depths of League One playing these teams. And look, I love grassroots football. And I love the English football pyramid. This is what the charm of English football. But Sheffield Wednesday should not be playing uh, teams like Chelsea. It's only charming when you're going up the pyramid, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we, this are, is... we are looking quite a way up at the moment. Uh, yeah, but like... now, now we're just repeating last week, which is the theme of last week was this goddamn game again. And that's what we had with this game. I didn't want to talk about my thumbs up for this game. Like, You're right. You're scratching the surface. This is another stupid game that we threw points away against some tiny community club in the middle of nowhere like it's the, the game on saturday is about this season and everything that's going wrong with this season a, a weird change in the lineup and inability to put pressure on a team that you know what i'm gonna say it's a, the third our backup forward is the third most valuable player to ever play in the stadium like <laughs> oh the game was awful just i i'm not gonna lie so i had an early i had a late night playing hockey the night before and i had a 7 a.m game i had to be at when i had to be at the rink at 6 30 um i fell asleep from minutes like 57 to 85 of the game somewhere in there and i like i didn't miss a goddamn thing like that was, just, a, that was a peak time just <laughs> uh, no just just awful like i i really unless like is there anything really worth bringing up about this game or is it the exact same as we bitched about last week oxford and cambridge and and morecambe and and the i mean just... they actually did score two goals during their actual good period of play that's different i mean, it's different. Like we might win a away game uh, after coming from behind for a good 10 minutes hmm. Patty, the uh, word might carrying a lot of weight in that <laughs> sentence of yours. I mean, even when we scored that goal to go two and up, it it wasn't deserved, I don't believe. Uh, Cheltenham were as good as we were, uh, which was bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good, I was about to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the way we scored that like, goal where Bannon falls over as he takes the free kick. He kind of skins off someone else's head and then hits another person on the head and he goes in. It was, it was just... the. Everything about the season has been so amateurish and so fortuitous and scrappy, and it is the uh, the meta version of League One we are playing in right now. And it's uh, not just in front of my mind for being Facebook now. Metaverse, yeah, yeah. We we were in the metaverse. League One should be renamed the metaverse. It's just everything is so League One. It's so fucking like ah, the refs, the parks, everything. Do we really? Do we have to say anything else about this game? Um, we do have to do our. We have to do your thumbs up, uh, Justin. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> no, I don't have a fucking thumbs up. This That's game sucks. I just want to gun to your head. Pick a thumbs up. <laughs> I just, I just want to do my thumbs down because it plays off Shay Dunkley in the uh, air. Please, please. Every please, other no, Wednesday player in the air. I, I, it was in my head because Patty said we couldn't win a defensive header last week, so maybe I was paying more attention to it. But good lord, they could not win a defensive header between like no. the long, like Jack Hunt just like falling over on his butt on the long throw, and then not covering like the second goal, the equalizer. It's just a in swinger to the back post, right? And then a, two then a header back across the base of goal. Like 
win one of the headers. Win one of the headers. We did, it, top shooters clear it, and we missed both of them. They had twelve. Uh, they had twelve. They had what twelve corner kicks like in the first hour, even before they scored. Wednesday and did. Wednesday did. Yeah, and they like. Yeah. I'm watching their corner kicks and, like, all the their free kicks, everything. I've awful. watched a fair amount of football. Some of it good. Most of it Wednesday. So most of it not good. But I know. You like I understand how to defend a corner kick, and it just seems like Wednesday can never get a free header or out jump someone for a ball or put themselves in a position to knock one back across the face of goal. Yes, some of that's Bannon's deliveries are scattershot at best, generally below average. But some of that's our lack of defenders with height. Right now, sure. I mean, we, Some we, of did, that's we did too. play our back five was four fullbacks. Yes, we'll get, we'll get to that. Who's coming off a of two broken legs? So, Jay Dunkley is the only person in the team at the moment that can win a header. And well, and like right his first goal up. was a little scrappy, but he fought to get to the spot basically and managed to, I purposefully or not, hit it off the back ish of his head and down. Like, I know the second goal wasn't credited to him, that was a good header from that distance out. And then but other stuff happens. The problem is, it's, it's telegraphed because he's the only one we aim for now at corners <laughs> yeah. in an attacking way. So in an attacking sense, we have one step play, which is to mm-hmm. aim for Shade Uncle to try and hit his head and hopefully either goes in or find somebody else they can uh, hit it at. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive sense, there's only one Shade Uncle and one defender that can win a header because Palmer and Miami Johnson aren't, aren't winning headers. Um, and that's what let us down in the 91st minute when we conceded the goal. There was no one there to, to help out. Dunkley can't, can't be everywhere as much as he tries to be. And I think that's why I think in my my, my mind, he can, there's an argument for him winning man of the match in the last two games. Today's game against Sunderland and man of the match in Cheltenham, even though no one deserved man of the match against, against uh, Cheltenham. But um, yeah, I, I feel like he's had two very good games. Uh, I don't know why he was dropped a few games ago. For Marvin Johnson, <laughs> but uh, hey, uh, let's see what goes on. I offers out, so we've got to stick with our one centre half at the moment and keep playing a centre back three for some reason. Uh, I think it's I, I've held this in for a while, but it's time. Uh, we're only a couple of months away from the January transfer window. The direction is clear. Wednesday, I need to make a call to uh, Sports Club Rheindorf Altak in the Austrian Bundesliga. Bring New Hio home. A nice target, League One target, well, whatever. League One, give a target in the box. No, we got Florian Camberry, man. Hmm. Well, let's get to the the better game. Let's get to the Sunderland game, the better game. Um, Even if it wasn't the better game, it was just the stupid Cheltenham game. It was again, it was the same thing. At least today was a little. This was wild. Like different. this was like crazy. It, it wasn't it, again. It's a League One version of sumptuous one-touch football. <laughs> but there were at least like sequence of like, am I, who am I watching? This is like Carlos era Wednesday, and maybe it's because they started only two defensive players, one of whom started as a central defensive midfielder. Uh, his his career, the only one actual real like backline uh, veteran, but it worked. I thought you know Patterson and. Corbinoa's win backs against Cheltenham was just a chasing the game strategy, but apparently it's also a setting up at home against Sunderland strategy. And when that is changes at halftime against Cheltenham, I, I in capitals in my notes, but Moore has lost his mind. That's what I thought when those changes were made. When when we went with Corbinu and we took who did we take off uh, Patterson? Um, it was, no, it, Patterson. So we we took we took off Hunt and Patterson became the oh, right wing back. Right yeah, yeah, my my notes say. Pato at right wing back, question mark, exclamation point. And then I drew the crying emoji. So uh, Lord knows it worked out much better against Sunderland, but I was not feeling that on Saturday. Yeah, and then Holy Hunt came Camberry, right? So yes, it was Jack Hunt replaced yeah. by Camberry. That was the substitution that made me go, he's lost his mind. Um, but clearly, <laughs> clearly we're, we're losing our minds because that's what he started with against Sunderland. Yeah, uh, uh, and, and it worked. And it worked. <laughs> Uh, my uh, thumbs up is all wingers all the time. Just play 11 wingers. <laughs> <laughs> they might have enough. We're soon. so close to doing it already. I know. <laughs> we do. We have, we have a winger at left center back right now, like yeah. the last four games. Like, there's only one winger on the wings 
Uh, Pato is not a winger. Is Patterson? No. He's not a winger. Okay, I don't know what he is, but yeah, no. So is that anything? Cor- <laughs> the only he's everything. I mean, he played right wing back course. for Scotland, so that's that's a good point, actually. Yeah, and to be fair, look, I'm not saying he's not anything. He actually got some great crosses in, and I think it, it kind of gave us a little bit of strength in the midfield. He's a league. We, he's a league one, James Milner. <laughs> yeah, I just he is he's better inside and up front. But I, yeah. I actually thought Pato was good today. But Jeff, start us off. Where are we going? Yeah, uh, winger, all wingers up? all the time, man. Thumbs up. Uh, I thought Corbino was good. I thought I thought Carbino Patterson was, was awesome. good. Um, I could, man, that finish. You that you, you watch that finish. You're like, just play him at striker or play him as like a number ten. Why <laughs> <laughs> playing left wing back? Well, because uh, that's we the want. defending I was do- not great, but yeah. Ideally, we we have our wingers cutting inside. Like that's right. you know that's what more wants to, regardless of the, uh, you know w- what the setup it's just, is. Or yeah, the, it's, the just, formation it's just it's just wingers cutting inside and wingers overlapping wingers because the wingers are playing fullback. Yeah, <laughs> wingers in the center of defense. Yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, but it, it did. It worked today. It was nice to see. I, yeah, I mean. From my point of view, Corbin knew, uh, had a fantastic first half. I mean, some of the, the notes I kind of put down here is very, he's got lovely feet. That's what, that's my kind of first comment. He, he will always try and beat the man. It's not like a, it's not an option for him to do a quick pass. But in fair play to him, he's playing against uh, today, for instance, a right centre half or a right back that's not usually in that position. This is it's an adopted position this guy had. I think it's going to Winchester. I think he was something like that. Some kind of weird English name. Um, and yeah, he just had his measure from the very start of it. He knew that yeah. he had the beating yeah. of him every single time, and that gave him the confidence to just try and try everything. Um, but what I was surprised more than anything about, we knew he's got bag of tricks. What I was surprised more than anything about is his end product. Like he put in, obviously the goal was a fantastic finish, a little curl into the bottom corner. Um, the way he again, created space for the cross on the Camary goal was, and again, yeah. it's, he's one of those guys where. You know what I mean. You know what he's intending to do there. He wants to cut to the byline and create enough space to get across in. And he has this like weird hesitation move that he does a lot of the time, where it's just he just gets the defender to hold for a split second, and his initial burst once he puts the ball into space to play it into the cross is just it's a it's just a really neat trick. I don't know if that's. Uh, a trick he can do over and over again if we get figured out. But I, I do think it's a little bit of like Lucas Joao in him where his legs, you don't really know what his legs are doing. So it's very difficult <laughs> to read as a defender. And that's going to cause him to, you know, kick the ball out of play now and again, or maybe just kind of like lose possession cheaply. But it's also going to cre- allow him to create space to get those kind of crosses in, in a situation where you think, well, he did the play has just kind of run its course, which is what I thought when he kind of got, uh, pressed up there. I think his first touch is better than um, Joao's um, in that yes. respect. <laughs> I, uh, I love Lucas Joao, but you're right. His control uh, was what is quick. First of all, yes, but his control gives him that extra bit of pace. And quite often, his first touch would be not what you expect. This first touch to, to to be his defender. So it would take him the other way almost sometimes, or it would put him into a lot of space where. The defensive league would not expect anyone of that talent uh, in, up against them. He was, uh, I think, a step above today, and he showed uh, uh, experience uh, uh, above his years. Um, I think he went a bit quiet second half, but I think overall it was his class that won the game today, with also with a goal and assist. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's got to start. That's a simple start, isn't it? I think so. And Paddy, you actually raised like I he's not a guy he's fucking 19 like when you when you see a 19 year old on the pitch they look like how old's fizz right like they look like a 19 year old they're up they're down there yeah. this dude is a, is he's a big boy he can play like he, he has that bit of sort of self-possession that you know he, he never feels like he's really panicking out there like that's this kid's a good player and I, I you know what's the What's the joke? We got a we got a bunch of Wednesday fans on Twitter. Uh, we're always on about you know don't fall in love with the lone player. Don't fall in love with the lone player. It's true. 
Um, but he's, I was, no, know, we're, he's we're never player. seeing him again after this season. <laughs> <laughs> I want to shout one more thing about something that probably people won't talk about is that he, he did get back. He tried to get back and tried to put oh, his yeah. body in the way. He's not a, he's not uh, a defender, to be clear. But. No, he's not an actual defender, but he did try and do his job today. Yeah. And he got we needed some help on the uh, left side yeah. getting back. So <laughs> I'm glad that uh, he did. In my little silly diagram notes, I have uh, arrows, and one of my arrows is indeed him uh, cutting back in to help out. Uh, it, it actually looked like, and I, I hate, trying to figure out tactics on TV, but it's obviously the only way I can do it. I hate trying to figure out tactics with this Wednesday team. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I know. I know. Um, But, you know, he was, we were real side wing back as a, almost as a fullback. So like when they had the, when they had possession down our right side, uh, you know, Corbin was dropping back and playing as a fullback. And Patterson didn't do that quite as much, um, but they were trying to attack down our right side a lot. And when, when they did, Corbino was back um, most of the time. Uh, again, probably because Johnson. Johnson needed a little extra help in hand back there, you know? Can I believe One thing we'll say I... about Johnson being left center half is that, I think we mentioned maybe last episode or one before that, is that it... Does it matter in League One? Can we get away with playing a left winger at centre half in League One? And I feel like we're answering our question here by saying yes, mostly. We can get away with it. We can get away with <laughs> mostly. It. I just want to, I, I, you know, my robot not looking at the table before Christmas, but I want to take a peek because I like was curious. I know Sunderland had been playing well and they'd been in a little bit of dip of form recently. They're still fifth. How the hell are they fifth? Because they were at a really good start. The last few games, have, yeah. They've, yeah, they lost. Uh, they lost one nothing at home to Charlton, and then got smashed by Rotherham. Although there was a red card involved, so it yeah. may have just been one of those games. But <sighs> yeah, but Wednesday, you know, who, Wednesday, like, Wednesday, Wednesday are an eighth. Wednesday two points off the playoffs. By the way, who who stood out for Sunderland today? Did you watch and say, you know, they had some. So like, this kind of tight. This kind of ties into my. I'll, I'll do my thumbs down here too. Why not? We're not following any format this week or any week uh, <laughs> they were able to create some chances because Wednesday were still shaky at the back, probably because they're playing three wingers in the back five. Uh, and they weren't really, the spacing wasn't always there. The organization wasn't always there, but who was always there was Jay Dunkley. It's like on the ground, making t- tackles in the box, putting his body on the line and Sunderland really never threatened. There was the one shot that went right at a uh, Peacock Farrell, but other than that, he had me, you know, he made a, and there's only he made a nice save and parried it far enough away to create a tough angle. Well, they, they had a couple. There was that one uh, play where I still don't know if Palmer headed it out or Peacock Farrell got a piece of it late in the first half that mm-hmm. might have changed the game. It would have made it two to one right before half. Right, they, they could have been bit, they could have had a, they had chances in the, in the first half to make it more. My, so, I'll back, I'll back the Dunkley. Dunkley was everywhere today. He was fabulous. I, I think, and this is my thumbs down again, where I, I do want to bring up, I have two thumbs up and I do want to get to them. But the uh, the thumbs down was that we just didn't, and Kieran Westwood talked about this too. He just wouldn't call Baz out, probably because it isn't totally <laughs> Bannon's fault sure. that he's being asked to cover the back three. But we were unable to provide defensive coverage for our, which you need to do when you're playing two wingbacks, even if they are getting back. Again, Corbino is not a defender, and Patterson is not a defender, even though he does a little bit of everything well. Um, but but we kept having space between our furthest back uh, midfielder and our back three, and right. how Sunderland wasn't able to exploit that. It really one, made baby. a difference. I, I guess so, right? That, that that's that's really what it comes down to, right? And like, I, it feels like that's been exploited against us so far this year. I don't want to, I actually don't want to kill Bannon here because I think he does, when asked to do that, put himself about, he will stick a leg in off into his detriment, but he's just not the physical presence that you need in that role to really. Well, it's not his fault, right? I don't want to blame him. To win the ball, get the attacking player off the ball, and then get the ball 
distribute somewhere else, distribute it to the channel. Wayne's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wayne's better at taking. Like he'll 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 things. he'll stick a leg in there. He'll he'll kick a number ten. He gives no problem doing that, like putting himself about. But he's just not, you know, he he's just not being able to muscle him off the ball most of the time. Like he can delay them slightly, basically, which is what we saw today. Yeah, I think we got away with one a little bit, and the fact that Dumpley was so big, um, out there. But hey, we'll take it. Uh, we up on thumbs up here. Yeah, your thumbs up. Uh, Patty's player of the year, probably. Yeah, I have I have two uh, thumbs up. One is, and that's obvious. Like he was just a beast today. He was everything that you need out of. Uh, the guy up top, his holdup play was outstanding. Like, I, I think that we've, when we've seen Cam Barry, we can all agree, he, you know, Jeff, one of your favorite phrases. And I think as an American, I'm also secretly tickled by it, but he gets about, right? He yeah. just, he, he covers ground, he hustles, he, he pressures, he does all those things. Sometimes that, that gets lost, right? Because you don't see results, you don't see statistics out of that. Um, but today his hold up play was tremendous. And then, um, you know, obviously burying the goal, uh, there, I, I want to say his, his first touch for that goal was an incredible, uh, incredible first touch directly off his deck, <laughs> into, into the back. <laughs> which, like, which, which, right. Goal? No, uh, Canberra's goal, goal, but he like knocked it. Oh, he like yeah. killed the ball with his crotch <laughs> and then immediately <laughs> hammered it into the net. <laughs> Man, he might be up there with Pato. Yeah, just absolutely just like, I don't know, kill that cross dead right at his feet. I'm sure just the way he planned to. <laughs> well, he had so the couple of things that I noticed about Cam Barry were just little plays that neither of them turned any, into anything. But there was a clearance he had on a corner and we were talking about, you know, us struggling um, in the air and having players that are in the air. He was back defensively covering for the corner, ended up uh, inside our box. He was the guy that got it out of there. Um, and that seemed like a little thing, but we didn't have anybody else knocking the ball out of the air and getting it out of there. So our forward was coming back and doing that. But he had another play where he was literally holding off two dudes. And this is what did make me think of uh, Adti. It was probably like 25th minute or so. Literally holding off two guys, ball comes to him. And he was just kind of able to fight them off and give the ball to somebody else. But out of that play, it led to us having possession and we got a corner. It was the corner that Wing took. He went a little bit short. Uh, it was actually a good ball in, just a little too short. But like that whole play gets set up because Canberra is occupying two separate players. And thus there's open people and there's space to be had. Um, so again, not only was he scoring goals and, you know, working around he was holding the ball up creating space just and, and even the third goal uh which was obviously a bit scrappy he's the guy with his back to the goal standing 15 16 yards out holding off multiple players gets the ball puts it out wide for the cross that went into gregory to knock in that was Canberra, just just an outstanding performance everything that you want out of a big man up front in well, let's just say anything below the Premier League, frankly. He was pressing too, right? He did not stop running the entire time. It was, it was a defensive performance, but I think more than anything else for me, him and Gregory up front uh, were our best defenders. They were better than like the, the midfield they're defending because they did not give the, uh, the goalkeeper, the defence, any time on the ball whatsoever, the entire game. Um, and I was surprised when Gregory came off with like, 10 minutes to go that Canberra didn't come off too because Canberra just did not run the entire time and even even created a chance for himself in the last like 10 minutes didn't he where he kind of took it off the defender's foot and put a guy in his ass I, I think it was like 75th minute um, took it out took a, the ball off the guy's foot cut behind him hit it with his left foot very very weakly and the guy kind of like hit it uh, the, the goalkeeper saved it um, down low but um, for me yeah the high press that's that's a new thing the tactic we haven't seen that employed that often. Uh, and that I think is one of the things that we should be doing more often, obviously. Yeah, that was so, Patty. And thanks for bringing that up because I thought it was less that the front players pressed because I think we've done some of that. We see our front two, Patterson obviously gets about, you know, uh, Barry Hino, uh, when he's there too, is definitely one of the shift to the front. Yeah. 
Yeah, but what it was today for me was the midfield. My note says front seven closing space after the goal. Um, and it really was exactly what you just said, Patty. It was the high press. It wasn't just that we were had our front players pressing. Adenaran was pressing. Wing was pressing. We were Patterson was pressing. Corbino was pressing. All of our front players, we really pushed that up kept the ball and it forced for about five, 10 minutes after their goal, we were all over them. They couldn't do anything because we were applying the pressure. Um, Listen, it's almost so, like this is a good league one squad. And when they apply themselves consistently with a general sense of strategy and tactics and how to take control of the game, they look pretty good. So that's, that's two factors there, right? Jeff? Yeah. There's the, the, the tactics and strategy and recognized I was trying to figure out and I couldn't do it. Like what was their trigger for pressing? Right. What was their certain, cause that's how teams press, right? You have your trigger, this happens, then you go. And we had that stretch where it was so effective and we backed off later in the first half and into the second half. And Westwood was actually noting that too. He kept muttering to himself, all right, you got to push up boys, push up, you know, which was, which was good. But Jeff, you're right. The, the second half of that is it's not just the tactics, but it's also the effort. And to see those guys coming forward with effort really, I thought really made a difference. I, I was disappointed. You know, the, the nice thing is too, when you're pressing like that, you get the other team deep. So there were a couple of times where Sunderland was able to bypass our first two lines, but all they could do was get it back to our back line or even our uh, keeper and be on our half of the field. So even though they were able to clear it out, we had so much time and space because we forced them back into their area. In hockey, you call that closing the gap. I'm not sure what the terminology is in, in football, but, but the fact that we played them so high up the press um, and didn't get beat over the top somehow with Dunkley in there. Well, that's the thing um, you have to do, right? When you, have, when you have that much, you know, say what you will about playing three wingers on the back line, you're going to have pace there, right? You're going to have work rate. You're going to be sure. able to, you know, force the other team into mistakes. If you want to, if you want to push, it's not a, you know, your sort of standard issue 32 year old league one fullback. Like, I don't know if it'll be as effective with it. I, I like him as a player. I don't be as effective with Jack Hunt doing that as uh, Theo Corbin. Well, and Iorf is a perfect uh, yeah. center back. If you're going to press high, like Oh, you're going to beat him over the top. He will run you the fuck down. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I would love to see more, more pressing, more aggressiveness because for the goal. And then, you know, the handful of minutes after we were, we were dominant. That's a big thumbs up for me. I do want to wrap this up. What did we think of uh, Westwood on commentary? <laughs> he was fine. He was fine. He was, fine. He was very <laughs> unpolished. Like, which is fine. Yeah. Like it, 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 maybe we've been spoiled. I, I remember like, obviously they pulled Hutch in. Hutch was like a complete natural. I remembered uh, David Prutton when he was out injured, did a, did an eye follow game. and was like, I mean, obviously he's a pundit now, but it was like completely obvious that he was going to be a pundit. Uh, right. Just from, from that, uh, from those 90 minutes. But yeah, Wes was a little, I, I obviously thought when he was talking about goalkeeping, it was really interesting. Well, he, I thought he had a couple of good points, yeah. you know, to get his perspective. I actually thought Rob was almost too deferential to him. Almost sure. kind of wanted to put the like, tell us about what it's like to be a footballer. So it led <laughs> to some Westwood like, oh, you know, back when I was a kid and you're like, no, it's 2021, bud. You're 40. Like, knock it <laughs> off, you know. Anything else? Do you want to do your thumbs down, Patty? You have Lewis Wing. I did not have a great game again. I don't think I've uh, had my thumbs up either, really. I put the directness. I thought I'll do both quickly. Uh, All so right, I sure. Tactic wise, um, I think we were faster today. Um, yeah. Much more. Oh, like the, the one time there, they were pa- stick and move, right? Pass and move, yeah. pass and move. They're better yeah, we, we, without we the ball. Put people down the wings all the time. Like I said, we had wingers all the time. That was a tactic. Um, <laughs> there was no Hollywood balls from Bannon. Bannon had a slightly different role. He was a bit more. A bit more central. It wasn't too far back. It wasn't too far forward. He was very central, and he gave the ball away um, to his wingers almost every opportunity he had. Um, and he didn't do any balls over the top. That, that, that was a tactic. That was a clear tactic. Uh, and but and uh, Moore mentioned it in his uh, after uh, his 
press conference afterwards. So more direct football is uh, a direct uh, um, response to the how we played the first half against Cheltenham, where we were trying to play out from the back, or any game this season, try to play out from the back, this beautiful football that Moore wants to play. It's not working in League One. We need to do more of what we did against Sunderland, which is direct. Direct, quick passes. So no, if, you're gonna, if you're, if you're going to start seven wingers, you might as well use them. Yeah. My one I, down quickly is Lewis Wing. He uh, was anonymous the entire game. All right. Take a break. Come back, cover the Wednesday news, and preview the upcoming cup fixtures. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. We'll start, wait, we're actually remembering it is November now. So we can talk about the October Player of the Month vote. Patty, who you got? <laughs> can I pass? <laughs> it's been a uh, weird month. It's been a terrible month, mainly. Um, They're unbeaten in six games, Patty. Yeah. Who do you pick out of this bunch? So I just, I, mean, I just, I, I want to, sorry, I want to delve into this a little bit deeper. Uh, I know, I know how we're feeling. So they lost to Oxford on October 2nd. They did not lose a game in October after that. The Oxford, seven the in all, game seven in all competitions. Game. Was, that, was the BPF throwing it to their player game, right, Oxford? Uh, I thought that was Ipswich. <laughs> I don't know. Or Cheltenham or Cambridge. <laughs> or... Oxford was the one where we just literally gave them a goal right at the end, wasn't it? I'm sure it Maybe was. Maybe it might have been, I don't know. They all bleed together after a while. Um, yes. So it's not going to be BPF on that performance alone. I think, I don't know, consistently, Bannon's been in the squad. Mm-hmm. And I think... He has consistently <laughs> been in the squad. Yes, Patty. And I think overall... It's you got to do more than fucking show up, Patty. <laughs> got to do no, more than look, show up. We, like the uh, Cheltenham game, trying to find a thumbs up. I'm trying to find a thumbs up for this month of October, which is essentially a month of Cheltenham game. Uh, and I think Bannon might scrape the vote. Who else you got? Give me another. <sighs> I don't know. This was a fucking disaster. <laughs> like Fizz had two good games, and you know Gregory had a good game. So and, Lee Gregory scored four yeah. goals this month. I think I would vote for Gregory. I vote him over Baz. Like I think, no I, think it's, I think it's I think it's Gregory. I think Gregory or Fizz are the two. Uh, Shea Dunkley's been good towards the end of the, end the, end of the yeah, month, but, but was the, so consistent, awful at the, the consistent performances the... haven't been there yet. Yeah. No, I know. Corbin hasn't played enough. Dunkley's been awful. Adoniran. How, been... how about us? How about us for fucking dealing with this month of football? This is a <laughs> horrible month of football. We can't even include the joy today because that's November. Unbeaten in October seven. October was a ter- yeah, and it was fucking awful. It was awful. We're people are petitioning to fire the manager who's who's been in charge for less than a year. That's how I bad mean, that's that month that's was. just soccer. So yeah, it it is, but it was like that was not a good month. I mean, look, roll down the list of teams we played. Jesus, Greg got yeah. the winner against Bolton. That's I think that, that alone is probably our only three points of the month. Is probably good enough to win him the player of the month. I thought he's. I thought he's played well. He's been exactly what you would have wanted when you brought in Lee Gregory. That is our only three points, right? We that was our only win in October. Was only the well in in the league. But yeah, with Mansfield Town. Yeah, what was the other one? Uh, I think it's going to be hard. I I, I would go with Gregory too on, on balance. He scored four goals in the month of October. Yeah. I abstain. Fuck this team. <laughs> In other news, thank you. Luango and Byers got 45 minutes uh, rollout in the under-23s uh, Steel City Derby earlier this week. Uh, good to about. see. Not a good game. Uh, Wednesday got throttled by their crosstown rivals, but all that really matters functionally is uh, getting Luango and Byers up to match fitness so somebody can. <laughs> Protect the back line, as we discussed in the back line of all wingers. Either of them get injured, Jeff. 
Yeah. I mean, neither of them got, as far as I know, neither of them got. Very good. Very good. Um, I hope that'd be in the notes. (laughs) And they might be adding to that back line of wingers as they have uh, Nathaniel Mendez Lang is in training with them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Darren Moore said after the match today. Yeah. The right center (laughs) half winger. Yes. I just don't like we don't fucking need another winger. Like I would rather have less wingers so that we settle <laughs> on somebody and give them a consistent run out. Like he's good. He might be better than Chidipo or yeah. So or Corbino, or he might fucking not, but he's not. Like, you know, this isn't like, hey, you're getting Iron Robin. Like, here's some dude who's like the rest of the team, flawed and has some skill. I don't, whatever. I, I actually, honestly, I, I think that Darren Moore is suffering a little bit from having too many options. Granted, we've got some injuries on the back line that are forcing him to do some things that, you know, maybe he wouldn't normally do, but at least in terms of up front, he can't settle on, you know, what his attacking setup looks like. Take away some of those options, stop confusing the man and, uh, you know, go, go sign a fucking center back or a defensive midfielder. Uh, not not another winger. At what point do we start blaming Neil Warnock for this? Because I mean, this is another Cardiff Middlesbrough <laughs> player. Uh, is he just is he just is he just sending all the shit to Jeffy Wednesday, Neil Warnock? I mean, obviously uh, he managed him at Cardiff City when he was there, Warnock, and obviously managed him a little bit at Middlesbrough uh, last last. So, year. so I have I have a theory here that actually I didn't bring up in the first segment because it didn't really fit particularly well, but. I just keep thinking of the players that have come through recently. I'm thinking about the Denneran specifically, but before him, like Kadeem Harris or, and again, not specifically, we're not coach players. We just have these players that come into the squad. They look legitimately good. And then like six games in Wednesday's ruined them. Always right around six games. I don't want you to slander Dennis and Denneran like that. Well, I, I don't think know. he's still I, good. I, I think he is. But he just, I know what you're saying. He doesn't seem to like, there's things that he's good at and was allowed to do. And it seems like he's no longer allowed to do them. And I don't know what to read into that particularly. Um, I don't know that we're playing to his strengths. I thought he was fairly anonymous today, all in all. Again, a lot of it was uh, playing down the wings with our endless supply of wingers, but. A few games have been anonymous. Some of the games. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't expect, you know, th- I thought that he kind covered of a lot of ground. Yeah. That kind of role can be thankless to, um, you know, figure it being sort of like the midfield engine, but and he was definitely further back today. Mm-hmm. They definitely let Patterson and Carbonu do the wing work rather than have him a bit further forward, like he was pushing forward previously. Yeah, he was really playing in uh, I guess what they call the half spaces of the channels, sort of between mm-hmm. out wide and uh, in in the center. But he was he was getting up and down. Uh, but I, I think talk- your overall point isn't wrong, Jeff. We don't I, seem to play it. Like we get these players today. that have obvious strengths and then don't yeah. play to them. But how does that? But how does this work with this fucking club? Like the stink, like the stink of failure is long. We were talking about it last week. You know, well, twenty I, years. How do you? I'm 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 not over? I'm not James I Allen. I, I will do my best no. James Allen impression here. <laughs> is that there's obviously like we think of it as you know a tactical issue, right? The, the manager is not putting the right tactics out to play to these players' strengths. But I think at this point, it's a, it's a structural issue with the club. I, I don't know what our exact transfer policy plan process is, but I think what you're seeing is there's no... I don't think Wednesday, I, I think I know what Dennis Adenarin is good at as a midfielder. Uh, again, not a big sample size of watching, but uh, you, you get the sense that he's, you know, he's very good at taking the ball and turning. Uh, he's very direct. He can distribute well, interplay with his wings. He can do some one touch passing, very box to box kind of, kind of player. Again, as you said, he's, he's going to put in a shift. He's going to do work. He'll draw fouls. Like, you can do the little stuff. He's not like he can score a goal now and again, but you know, you're looking for like eight to 10 goals and you just want him to be the midfield engine, you know, change possession, improve your position in the field, that kind of stuff. It's like the little things. Um, 
And that's a very sort of stuff that's not necessarily, and this is part of maybe why I said that I thought he's been a little bit anonymous last two games. It doesn't really show up in broad strokes. Like everything that Theo Corbineau did in the Sunderland game is like, it's the text, right? It's very obvious. Like you can see what he's doing well. But the dinner and you really like, I don't know, I didn't go to like, like who scored and stuff like that and like sort of looked at his little, uh, whatever, like octagonal diamond thing where they do the little diagram of what play uh, right. tackles one or meters run and stuff like that. I'm sure like, I don't think Wednesday has the structure to identify specifically what he's good at and then put him in a system uh, where he can thrive is what it comes I, down to. And I think you, yeah, you, I, you, I don't you, know how we got can, on this topic though. I don't either. Uh, but they have the moments of like individual brilliance that he, that he has now and again, but it's not, it's not within a, it's not within sort of like an actual series of moving parts. It's just bam. It's just like one explosion basically. Yeah. I want, I want him as the box to box eight with a six, preferably Luongo. And then whoever it is, whether it's Baz or wing or fizz or, somebody who's going to turn and go uh, holding it up front. I think, I think that's, I think a dinner covers enough ground that, that he can really be that, that box to box guy. But again, I'm not even sure how the hell we ended up on him. <laughs> Let's move to Josh Windass, who is in light training, whatever that means, which I, it's, yeah, he had the surgery in like early August, late July, so about three months. So uh, again, they could use him because, I don't know. Is he a winger? I think technically he is a winger. So yeah, get no, another I, winger in the squad. I, I think I think he's going to be a nine ten. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think he'll play in the very similar be... to uh, like the Camberry role today, where he plays off of Gregory or off of Verahino or off of Patterson. Uh, I think he could play off Camberry too. Frankly, sure, they can uh, play Camberry up front. I think Gregory know? is going to be the first choice striker generally at this point, but yeah. I, most likely he's the guy who finishes. Um, yeah. I, and they got a lot of the guys like that. that just, they seem to fit multiple roles and it, it's, you know, we're, we're not sure what that, that role is. And I understand the chopping and changing to a certain degree because you are looking to figure out who you just can't fucking do it every single week. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> you know, right? Like got to give somebody a consistent run out. And I kind of wish that wasn't Marvin Johnson at left center back, but <laughs> You know, circumstances have forced us, I guess. Also on the injury front, uh, obviously, Dominic Orfa was a late scratch before the Cheltenham game. Uh, 50-50. I mean, you can... You've got the FA Cup and the Pizza Cup. You can, you can give him a break. It's fine. We don't need to see Dominic Iorfa for the next two games. Let him get healthy for the crowded, festive period. Uh, and speaking of wingers... I already said the Nathaniel Mendez line thing. All right. We're doing well. So instead, we will move to FA Cup round one. Home against Plymouth Argyle. Uh, we already did this, but take it away again, Justin. Yeah. So this is uh, one of my great disappointments was uh, realizing we're not in the third round proper anymore. Mm. We're, we're in a shitty league. We, we got to join up early. Uh so we, we did a full Plymouth preview. Go look it back up. I'll give a lot of more details there. But just a real brief, uh, where are they now? Well, they're in fucking first place in League One. Uh, <laughs> nine wins, six draws, only one loss, plus 14 goal difference. Like, looking really good. And as I mentioned in the preview, it was all about Ryan Lowe. His three-five-two with intense pressure keeping the ball on your end uh, midfielders making late runs. And the, the one thing I did want to highlight was I had noted in that preview that uh, Ryan Lowe knew how to work with forwards everywhere that he had been previously Barry. And there was one other club um, blanking on right now, but his forwards had done really well. Well, I would like to note that uh, Luke Jeffcott uh, has five goals and Ryan Hardy has eight goals. So at 13 goals, that's depressingly close to Sheffield Wednesday's, I believe, 14 goals on the season. So, um, I mean, they, they, they got a few of those against time. Sheffield Wednesday, as I recall. 
They did. Well, so that was the thing. We had talked about it. I had, we had seen Ryan Lowe's comments leading into the game had been, oh, you know, we're going to Sheffield Wednesday and uh, that's a big club and we don't want to mess with them. We're going to play defensively. And they fucking swarmed us. So I, I, I am curious to see if given that it's a road game, if they change their approach at all, if it's a cup mm-hmm. game, if he changes it up. But I, I think either way, we're expecting a, a real battle on Sunday. Uh, they're going to they're gonna come after us. They're going to come after us hard. Um, you know, we got our work cut out for us. Uh, will either of you confirm, or is that an ESPN Plus game? It is, it is an ESPN 7-15 Sunday? Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. Patty, I do want to, since we have you here, we're going to run through a few of the sides in the FA uh, Cup round one. And I just... What can you tell me about them or the area they are in? Uh, AFC Sudbury. What the fuck? Must that's made up, surely. Uh, I, I probably Sud- Sudbury is a very uh, rich uh, suburb of Worcester, Massachusetts. Mm. <laughs> it's in. It's based in Sudbury, yeah. Suffolk, England. It was founded in 1999 by the mergers of Sudbury Town and Sudbury Wanderers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, no, what's Worc- Worcester, Worcester County, Worcester County Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh, we have Kidminster Harriers. There. Sorry? Kidminster Harriers. Oh, Kidminster Harriers. Not a town in Massachusetts. Classic. <laughs> classic non-league town over the years. Um, Red kit. Kidderminster. I don't, I don't know where it is in the world, but I could tell you the colour of the kit. Uh, so I this is this is this feels very like. Uh, Bringing the knowledge, Patty. pro evolution soccer randomly generated club, <laughs> Yate Town FC, Yate, Yate Town FC. Spell it, made made Y A T E. They're in Gloucestershire. Yeah. I bet they've won the Gloucester Cup a few times too. Uh, founded in 1906, they're in the Southern League Premier Division South. Uh, they have won the Gloucester Senior Cup in 2004, 2005. 2005, 2006, and 2010, 2011, Patty. I think we should be a Gloucester wow. Cup podcast going forward. I mean, that's clearly where the uh, the uh, chat is. I think we need to bring the goddamn Yorkshire Cup back. We'll talk about that with Harrogate Town, but that's the uh, thing. This is this will be a, a notable club to followers of the FA Cup. Haven't in Waterlooville. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a southeast team, too, right? Near Brighton, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brighton Southwest. They beat they beat Barnsley in the FA Cup. I think it was Barnsley. They had a fairly. Uh, Do we care about Barnsley? No. No. <laughs> Something called okay. Kings. Just checking. Kings Lynn Town. Oh, Kings Lynn. I think he's the Liverpool. Right. I want to get so many complaints on Twitter for this. My, yeah. my sporadic geography of. Uh, but is days. is there is there a city of Lynn? I think it's just called Kingsland. Because there's a great because the Irish king song. stayed there once, uh, Justin. <laughs> of course, there's a great Irish song called uh, Three Rogues of Lynn" or "Jolly Rogues of Lynn," or also alternatively titled uh, "Under the King." But they talk about the three criminals from Lynn, and as a Massachusetts native, uh, Lynn is a very big and unfortunately. There are a lot of criminals in Lynn, uh, but it's a, a large city in Massachusetts. So I didn't know if Lynn had a, it might be the same place. I don't know. So Kingsland is nowhere near Liverpool. Uh, so I, I think we'll probably stop this segment quickly. <laughs> it's probably the opposite side of where I said it's in Norfolk. St. <laughs> Albans City FC. St. Albans I know about. St. Albans is north of London. Uh, it's about Hertfordshire. North of London. Hertfordshire, yeah. Uh, and we will wrap things up mercifully for for Patty's sake with uh, a, a club called Bowers and Pitsy. No idea. I, made it up. I think that's a plumbing company. In that's a convenience store. <laughs> Bowers and Pitsy FC. Uh, their nickname are the Bowers. They were founded in 2003. I assume they are a, a, a Phoenix. Oh, they absorbed Pitsy football club. They are in uh, Pitsy, <laughs> Essex, England. How many clubs are in Essex? It's big, it's big not a lot. Big county. Yeah, but there's not a lot of clubs. It's Ipswich and Norwich. That's about it. They're the only two league, league teams over there. 
They're in the Isthmian Premier League, by the way. Oh, the Isthmian. <laughs> the Isthmian, What's an Isthmian is that? <laughs> We're learning so much. Uh, if anything, we were educational this year. Yeah, we're trying. Uh, can, can, do you, I don't even know. Can how I to talk about Harrigan? <laughs> we'll get there in a second. Uh, what is Altrincham? Altrincham. 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 I couldn't. Well, it's in Manchester. It's in Manchester. Manchester. I think. Yeah. yeah I think so. Yeah. All right. Yes, you can now talk about. Oh, hang on. We have to do the the pizza preview, right? We did the pizza preview. We That's did, Harrogate uh, Town, big boy. Yeah, it is. It is Harrogate Town. But we have to. We have to. So th- this week's. We missed the last one. I'm sorry. Uh, this week's pizza cup preview, Papa John's preview, is sponsored by Detroit style pizza. Now you're thinking, <laughs> Jeffrey, come on, Detroit style pizza. What does Michigan know about pizza? It's actually quite good. So it's it's sim- similar to a Sicilian slice, the rectangular pizza, the thick crust, but it's not really deep dish, but it's not a it's like a chewier crust. It doesn't have the, the sort of the New York style, you know, fold it crispy. It is traditionally topped with tomato sauce and Wisconsin brick cheese. It goes all the way to the edges. Uh, and you've probably seen it with those uh, pepperoni cups that, uh, that they curl up at the end. They cut all the oil on them. It's, uh, it's not a good, healthy option, but it's better than Papa John's. Everything's better than Papa John's. I love that. So thing. Harrogate Town, we're, we're already love- free and clear into the, into the knockout stages, but... We, we have to do our due diligence here. So take it away, Justin. I will. So Harrogate is a, and Patty, you seem to have some background knowledge on this surprisingly. So jump in when uh, you're prepared to, but Harrogate is a uh, spa town in North Yorkshire. And uh, I, I love that you added it to the notes. What, what I added, I just wrote sulfurites. I mean, come on. So they have, sulfur hot springs in town well you can't name your fucking football team the sulfurites but they did uh this is what i love about this team they're formed in 1914 okay and they were prepared to go for the first time ever they i guess it had taken them six or seven years to get their team together and then they were ready in the fall of 1914 to start playing football and anybody who's ever read a book knows what happened in europe in the fall of 1914 and there was no fucking football so uh, they did not play their first game until the fall of 1919. And as I noted, they played in all sorts of silly sounding leagues. And I guess I was just uh, thinking of uh, my Monty Python friends uh, when they were playing in the West Riding Football League and the Midlands Football League and the Yorkshire Football League and the Northern Football League. In fact, uh, Harrogatown is known for their uh, multiple West Riding County Challenge Cup titles. Uh, no offense to them or any of the other teams participating in this, but this is silly and ridiculous. Uh, they disbanded in 1932 and were reformed in 1935 as Harrogate Spurs. which if I was them, I would have stuck with that because Spurs, Hot Spurs, it's a very rare thing. But, uh, well, something happened uh, a mere four years later in the spring of 1939. And it was another world war. Uh, they came back after world war two as Harrogate town played in a bunch of other silly leagues. Um, and we can skip about 60 years of their history to get to a year and a half ago. Uh, when we had our silly COVID season and they somehow made the conference playoffs as a point per game team. The conference had decided because so many teams play different amounts of games. You had to rank them on points per game. They were the last team into the playoffs, but won. And uh, so second promotion in three years, but for the first time ever this year, they are in the football league. Now for Wednesday fans, the really interesting thing is Irving and Dorothy Weaver are uh, both independently growing up Sheffield Wednesday fans. They're the owners of Harrogate Town. Uh, Irving made his money on uh, something called Strata Homes, which, uh, I don't know, but he's a Wednesday night. And his wife, uh, Dorothy, grew up. uh, Her father was taking her to Hillsborough as a kid. So they have a Wednesday background, which is pretty cool. And then... uh, Maybe interesting to note, or maybe not, uh, the manager of the team, 
the longest uh, serving manager in the entire football league is a man named uh, Simon Weaver, who happens to be the son of Irving Weaver, the owner of the team. Now, you would think that that is pure nepotism, and maybe it is, but the fact is that he brought them up from some pretty ugly non-league stuff, won two promotions in three years, and they're in the football league. Um, Now, the interesting thing that we're going to see from Simon Weaver is this dude is old school British. We are going to watch a 4-4-2, and he loves a big man, little man up front. Like we are, we're talking like 2007, Tony Pulis Stoke. Like this is, this is going to be some fun. Um, he takes his midfielders and sends them up high on the press. And he does a lot of intense pressing, especially after they lose the ball. So when, when they have the ball, it almost looks like a four, two, four rather than a four, four, two. Um, they like to get the ball up quick to their big man. Um, let the little man run around, create some havoc, and uh, put some balls in the goal. Uh, of those two in the central midfield, one will generally join the pressing, the other will step back. So they are pretty good for a first year in the football league. The seventh in League Two, uh, which is the last playoff spot in that league. Um, uh, they are also, Patty, as you noted, they're undefeated in the Pizza Cup. Uh, so this is simply a game for seeding. Do we want to uh, be seated or not? They beat Mansfield 3-1. They beat the Newcastle under 21s 2-0. Uh, so given their 4-4-2 with their center forwards that they're looking for, the two guys to really note are uh, Jack Muldoon is their little man. He's got six goals, three assists. He moves all over the place. In fact, he will often cross it, uh, get the ball out wide. And crossed into their big man, who's new to their squad this year from Salford, uh, Luke Armstrong, uh, eight goals and two assists. So they have 14 goals up front um, and five assists between their two big men. Uh, the other players to really note are their uh, right-sided attacking midfielder is uh, George Thompson, who's got two goals, five assists, because they do like to get the ball in from the wings. And uh, Alex Patterson, who seems to be the center midfielder, who will be the aggressive one who will come forward. He's got five goals and two assists. Um, I mean, it's the pizza cup. We're already through this and that, but like, uh, we really should just handle these guys pretty easily and move on to the next round of the pizza cup. I'm curious what you would do with your, what you do with the squad? Uh, obviously the chance between the FA Cup and the Papa John's trophy to do some squad rotation. What, they haven't Jeff, really... which side which side do you put out a stronger side for? Do you do you, do you which game do you put more effort I, into? I don't think it really matters. <laughs> like I just no, no, no. Jeff, think it commit. Really Jeff, commit. I the want cup. the top seed in the pizza cup because that's the <laughs> meme that we've decided on for Love the it. podcast Love this it. year. Who's, so who's the top seed in the pizza cup, fucking Mansfield. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I so I suspect you might see Luongo or Byers for a half at some point. Uh, one of these two. That'd, games. Be nice. That'd be nice. You might see, uh, you know, you can get a little weird. Do you want to start Katamateri up top for one of them? Maybe the pizza cup <laughs> game. Get like the 17 year old in the squad. Uh, you know, I Maybe think the Doyen comes in. The Doyen has been good as well. Yeah. Um, like, like they have a barely deep squad, not defensively, but they but have a fairly <laughs> deep squad. If we're if we're through already in Peace which we are already, and we're playing Harrogate Town, this is the time to put your B team out, C team even. Yeah. Uh, FA Cup first round on TV, I would play close to an A team. Yeah, especially well, to yeah a team that kicked our ass Patty, because it's right? Plymouth specifically. Yeah, I think you yeah, do want to make right. a statement here at home. Yeah, I want to talk about something quickly because uh, uh, Justin uh, inadvertently rubbished uh, the West Riding as a silly as a silly place. West Riding. Is what uh, uh, Sheffield used to be part of. So Yorkshire used to split into three divisions. Uh, before there was southeast, north, and west. Uh, Yorkshire was split into ridings or thirds, um, and West Riding is what Sheffield was included in. So is, west, it, east, is it a east, derby, east, Pat? Uh, well, technically, is this yes, the I, West I Riding so. Derby? No, 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 no. This shit is silly. <laughs> this shit is silly. This it is, is yes. Ministry of Silly Walks. This is fish slapping dance. This is Monty Python-esque. This is the original. 
40 years ago, 50 years ago, this would have been a West Riding Derby. It was, it was only abolished in 1974. So this would have been a West Riding Derby, Sheffield Wednesday versus the Harrogate Town. Uh, and I'm part, I'm from West Riding. Mexico is part of West Riding. Uh, but it was... Howdy, if you're calling this game a derby, I'm going to really question <laughs> where you rate this football club. The West Riding Derby. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about West Riding Derby. Howdy, do we have any other business? Uh, I'd rather win the structure. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any others. I will push out a, a, a few uh, Wednesday. New York Owls will be in Vegas in two weeks' time. And if there's any Vegas Owls out there that want to be... All to- of them or just you? Uh, no, there's about... Four of us? Yeah, there's four of us uh, on your cows in Vegas for 40th birthday. Um, Craig's 40th birthday. And if anyone... Whose birthday? Craig Hutchinson. Uh, I don't think oh, it was God, a- oh, How many of you are going to come Craig. back alive? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Craig will. If there are Vegas owls out there, listen to this broadcast, game touch, and we shall have a few drinks. How uh, is Craig only like six months older than me? Anyway, you've been listening to episode 155 of the Owls Americast. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericans.com. You know the show at owlsamericans at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericans. Our podcast intro and bumpers are my fellow Wednesday at Reverend the Makers. Podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Justin on Twitter at New England Owl. Justin, what is your pick me up for a seven fifteen Sunday AM kickoff? I got to sleep in for an hour and a half later than I do every other fucking day of the week between <laughs> work and hockey games in Brockton at six fifty AM. Mm. Boom! That and beer. <laughs> Patty, you're on Twitter <laughs> at New York Owls and not Patty A. Jones. Uh, so, what's your first stop in Vegas? Um, we're probably going to start uh, the, in the Fremont district, actually, and do the kind of alternative Vegas first because that's when there's less people here. When everyone else gets here on the Friday, we're doing the whole strip shit and everything else. Um, but uh, I wanted you to ask me about what I'm doing this Sunday for Plymouth because I'm going to see uh, Parquet Court in Asbury Park. So I'm going to be watching it in a hotel Sunday morning, probably hungover. <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter at Jeff Pedernastro and Will I be up at 7.15 a.m.? Find out next week.